Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Thanks, Billy, and welcome back to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Please have along with us today three outstanding members of the faculty of the College of the Division of Agriculture at Oklahoma State University. We're talking with Dr. Tyson Oshner, Dr. Brian Arnell, and Dr. Beatrice Haggard about a brand new research study that's looking at Southern Plains agriculture. It's a multi-million dollar research study funded by NIFA, the National Institute of Food and Agriculture of the U.S. Department of Agriculture in a category that they call Sustainable Ag Systems. The researchers at Oklahoma State University, along with Kansas State University and the Ag Research Service of USDA, working to look at how we can better farm our existing cropland's here in the Southern Plains, especially what you might call rain-fed farm operations. Today, we're being powered by the Petroleum Alliance of Oklahoma. We're back with our trio of experts from Oklahoma State in just a few moments. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Howdy neighbors and welcome back to today's edition of the Road to Rural Prosperity. The journey today has taken us to Stillwater, Oklahoma. We're on the campus of Oklahoma State University, and uh, we're pleased to have along with us today uh, three folks from uh, from the Division of Agriculture, from the College of Agriculture for, for Oklahoma State University. Uh, Dr. Tyson Oshner is with us today. Uh, we've got Dr. Brian Arnell, and we've got Dr. Uh, Beatrix uh, Haggard with us today, uh, helping us to kind of decipher kind of the uh, a brand-new project, a brand-new study that uh, Oklahoma State is a part of one of three entities that are that are uh, going to be undertaking a look at Southern Plains agriculture. T- you know, Tyson. First of all, t- tell us about uh, kind of the overview of this study. Maybe give us a thirty thousand foot view of it. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, one of uh, USDA's newly announced projects under this broad category that they call sustainable agricultural systems. And so, in our project, we're really focused on uh, how to uh, improve uh, cropping systems here in the southern Great Plains, and especially these ones that we call rain-fed cropping systems. Right off the bat, uh, as we got uh, got uh, prepared this uh, this uh, uh, for this uh, podcast, you uh, kind of alluded to the fact that uh, dryland agriculture we don't really have that much of true classical dryland agriculture in the state. Yeah, we sometimes use the term dryland to just mean non-irrigated, but it's not 
quite accurate. If, if we're here in Stillwater, we get you know well over 30 inches of rain a year. Uh, it's not really a true dryland environment here. This would be more accurately referred to as rain-fed, and that goes for a lot of our state, probably until you get uh, sort of west of, of Woodward, Woodward or somewhere in that area where they're getting less than 20 inches of rainfall a year. From from an agronomic point of view, uh, Dr. Arnold, you know, you obviously you're looking at nutritional needs of our of our of our crops. Uh, that that's a little bit of a different concept. I mean, the, the most farmers would consider themselves if if they don't have irrigation, they're the dry land. Yeah, and and it goes back a little bit to what Dr. Oxner said is that there it's classification levels. So, in Oklahoma, even myself up until this project, I included anything that didn't receive irrigation as dry land Mm -hmm. but it goes back to an evaporation level and a rainfall level Mm -hmm. and so it really comes down to a category is wherever you're under 20 inches and you want to classify it it is classified as dry land when Mm -hmm. everything else is rain fed okay so we've got uh obviously all three uh, all three uh, kind of legs of the stool for for the division of agriculture is involved with this you've got extension you've got research and and Beatrice, you're you're actually involved on on the teaching side, right? That's correct. So how 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 would this particular research project, ten million dollars worth, divided over Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and USDA's Ag Research Service? How does how does teaching come into this? So we've got a few different aspects for our teaching component. It's not only impacting our classrooms at Kansas State and Oklahoma State, where we're implementing a new dryland slash rain-fed system agriculture course. So Mm -hmm. trying to actually take the students to see some of these farms, see the practices that are going into these systems, and tie them back to the research. Our students are also having the opportunity, not just students from Kansas and Oklahoma, but from all over the nation, to come in and do research for undergrads during the summers where they actually get to work with some of the researchers based on the projects that they choose. Now, let, let, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, it kind of starts with research, right? Mm-hmm. Really? Right, right. So so what, what uh, kind of give us maybe the, the lay of the land as far as the division of agriculture, the division of labor mm-hmm. uh, between the, uh, the three entities? Right, yeah. So it, it, this project is going to be really interesting because we've got a great set of partners to work with here. Um, the Folks here at OSU, so in our research side, a lot of what we're focusing on here would be what you might call uh, tactical management decisions. These are sort of in-season types of management decisions that uh, producers need to make, and they're challenging decisions because our our weather varies so much from one growing season to the next. Mm -hmm. And so those might be, for example, uh, like uh, decisions about in-season uh, fertilizer applications, uh, which uh, Dr. Arnell and his group have done a lot of work uh, on that. So those type of in-season kind of decisions will be focused on here. The folks at K-State and, and uh, El Reno, the USDA group there, we, we focus on some of the more strategic or kind of longer-term decisions that producers might need to make. So give me a couple of examples of some of the things that you're going to be trying to help farmers be able to go in and fine-tune their management plan. Yeah, well, two of the immediate ones that are pressing needs for all our producers are their nitrogen management decisions that they need to make uh, throughout the season and also their decisions uh, regarding herbicides and and weed management practices. So Mm -hmm. those will be two of the research and extension focuses in this project. Brian, you obviously your your uh, bailiwick is is indeed uh, nutrition, the nitrogen uh, uh, efficiencies, how how we're able to you know get 
the most bang for the buck. And I guess that, that's probably part and parcel of this thing, right? Yeah, that's a big part of what my goal or my part of this project is, is that nitrogen management. So this grant is allowing me to further dive into the timing impacts on yield, on soil environmental quality, and on grain quality mm-hmm. and push it. So. I'm able to take old research and extend it with this project, and it also provides opportunity to do new research to develop more extension. I guess what uh, you've all, you know, obviously you've had some uh, opportunities to through the uh, uh, field t- field trials and, and tours out across the state. You've had the chance to actually impart some of these ideas about how you're able to make sure that uh, that that uh, plant gets the nitrogen it needs. Yeah, the the adoption of delayed nitrogen has uh, been, in most cases, pretty good across Mm -hmm. the state, laying it off, especially as the interest of protein, improved protein comes about. But we still see a significant amount of our nitrogen put down early and put down pre-plant as we have the last couple years. Uh, But the rains we've been getting the last few falls are are proving that that pre-plant, heavy pre-plant operation isn't the best-case scenario. I guess what uh, the, the whole concept of this of this particular study is to uh, attempt to uh, get farmers more you know have a better chance to succeed, better chance for profitability, better chance for uh, more income to flow through rural Oklahoma, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the goal is to be able to increase uh, agricultural productivity uh, as a whole in these uh, cropping systems. And so we need a big picture uh, kind of look at that. We have a group, another group that's part of the project actually is from the University of Maryland, and they have some real expertise on uh, crop modeling. And so we're actually getting into uh, sort of in-season crop forecasting, uh, trying to predict what's the yield potential of this crop for this current season and these local weather conditions and then making management and marketing decisions based on those crop forecasts. So that's another part of this project. Now, th- this this particular uh, research uh, study that had been uh, authorized by USDA, by, by NIFA, yeah. Yeah. and so why, what are the, what is their interest from a big across the U.S. impact uh, for as far as this study? What, 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 what are they hoping to achieve and get out of that from OSU, from K-State, from Agri, the ARS. So, so USGA right now has a focus on something that's uh, that I didn't know much about. There's a, there's a statistic or a measure that's called total factor productivity. And this is just a, like a gross measure, a, a, a big-picture measurement mm-hmm. of the productivity of our agricultural systems. And uh, it turns out that this region, the Southern Great Plains, is uh, ranked pretty low in terms of its uh, – total factor productivity for agriculture. And so USDA's big picture goal is to is to boost that productivity uh, at the regional level here. Brian, when it when it comes to that that type of a factoring, say that sounds like we're just not quite as good or not as efficient as say the Midwest for example. So a lot of what they're looking at is input and output. And and if we look at especially the winter wheat system, it's a fairly inefficient system that's been built that way. Uh, if we just look at nitrogen alone, we're, we're saying let's apply two pounds per bushel yield goal value. Well, a bushel of wheat only has about 1.3 pounds of nitrogen in it anyway, so we're over applying our base standard, if we had our yield goal right, is over by seven-tenths of a pound. And then that's assuming that you've got your yield goal right and yeah. you didn't over 
estimate what you can make. And so if we look at that, that's where a lot of the long-term data goes and say, you know, our nitrogen use efficiency of cereals is 33%. Uh, my current work at Oklahoma State shows that pre-plant nitrogen is somewhere around 27 to 33% efficient. And so for every 100 pounds we apply, we might get 30 of that back in grain. That's not the most efficient system. And obviously that, uh, that costs the farmer money. Costs the farmer money and costs the environment environmental impacts because what nitrogen is not used by the crop is in the environment in one shape or form. So it's a wide ramification, not just economics. It it all flows down river really. So Beatrice, when it, when it comes to the uh, uh, teaching side of that, trying to convey this information down to uh, to students, maybe you know prospective researchers in in the years ahead what 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 do you think you're going to be able to actually uh deliver to these students so i think that's where the ru and the classes both come into play having the ability to go out and see some of the different plots for nitrogen use efficiency and actually put an image in their mind of how that crop looks um, and then tie that into the data in class so that they can put the whole picture together it's easy to look at a book but when it's not close to home, a lot of students are just like, well, that's just out of a textbook. So when you actually start to see that crop, see numbers from Oklahoma, Kansas, I think it's easier for them to relate and take that information back home as well. We're talking about a, a new research study that's been uh, commissioned by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Oklahoma State, one of the partners in this study, uh, a $10 million study total. We'll be back uh, to talk a little bit more about it here today on the Road to Rural Prosperity in just a moment. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Howdy, neighbors, and welcome back. It's the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We're on campus at Oklahoma State University this week, and pleased to have along with us uh, uh, Dr. Brian Arnold. Uh, all these are folks are from the Division of Agriculture at OSU. Dr. Brian Arnold, Dr. Tyson Osner, and uh, Dr. Beatrix uh, Haggard, uh, all uh, involved in a study, a, a multidiscipline study uh, that has been commissioned by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We're talking about uh, $10 million, three entities, uh, Tyson. Uh, how, how did the, the folks that are involved in this, how, how did you come together to basically make the pitch for this uh, for this project yeah well i took a trip to china <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's the long way around yeah so uh, so this uh the team in a way goes back to uh 2016 when i was actually on sabbatical in beijing china and uh, while i was there I, I took a trip to the northeast part of china which is their 
uh, their black soil region. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would maybe call it like the Corn Belt here, but so this highly productive region in northeast China. And while I was there, I met uh, this gentleman from the University of Maryland uh, named Caesar Isaralde. And he's a world-leading expert on crop modeling. And so we started talking about ideas at that point. And uh, once we both were back in the States, we kind of furthered those conversations and were able to include uh, the folks from USDA and El Reno, folks at Kansas State, and more people here at OSU, and, and build this team to put this project together. You know, kind of give us a little bit of inside uh, look at how do, how do you successfully – uh, put put a project like this together to convince somebody to spend those kind of dollars. It, it's a great question. So so we started the conversation in 2016. We submitted a proposal uh, along these lines in 2017, which was not successful. But we got some good reviewer feedback from that. And so we said, let's try again. So then in 2018, we submitted it again, and that's the one that was successful. So because there are so many moving pieces, there's so many people involved in this project, it, it takes a while. It's a multi-year process just to get one of these things up and running. Mini- miniature convention just to get everybody together, it yeah, sounds like. It is. It uh, is. So uh, when you – how many years are we talking about? So it's a five-year project. Five, five-year project. Mm-hmm. End of the day. Brian, what, what would you like what, – what do you think we can get out of this as far as the information that will be useful back to our rural communities? Um, investment in research in this region is not high. So this is an opportunity for the, the central Great Plains, Kansas and Oklahoma, to get some funding to do some much-needed research. So that, that's a big part is we have funding to come in to do things that are of importance and able to. But on our side, especially because I, I know the Oklahoma State project a little bit better than the other two, what's going on in Oklahoma State is going to end up with deliverables on the weed science side, on the soil sensor side, on the soil moisture, on the nitrogen side. That's what our team is focused on is products. So by the end of this five year, we're going to have recommendations or answers or something in the different aspects that we're going after. And how will that help the farmer? So it's going to help them with better nutrient, with better water, with better herbicide recommendations, which are going to increase their longevity, increase the sustainability of their systems, uh, improve their profitability and their efficiencies. Tyson, are you are you kind of the point person as far as uh, working with the other uh, other two institutions? Yes, I, I kind of serve that role, and and really, uh, I see my role as trying to help folks like Dr. Haggard, Dr. Arnell, and and the others on the team here be mm-hmm. successful uh, in their work because they do great work, and so I I'm going to play that support role to to try to help the team succeed here. Now, yeah. you you've, you've talked a little bit about getting uh, students out into the field. You know, at the end of the five-year study, what what do you imagine? What what do you hope for that that'll make better learning experience for the student, uh, land grant student, whether it's here or maybe even uh, as you mentioned uh, from other parts of the country. So over time, the the class is what we really hope to grow. Get getting good contacts with some of our producers, having some nice model farms to be able to take those students to, and and really just develop a really amazing course to deliver all of the aspects that we have in Oklahoma and Kansas so students have the opportunity to see it and and get those boots on the ground. 
You mentioned, uh, Tyson, we've got lots of, uh, we've got multiple people that, uh, besides the three of you that are involved with this at OSU, mm-hmm. who, who all's uh, kind of signed on to be a part of this, uh, this five-year project? Well, there are several others here from the Department of Plant and Soil Sciences. So we have uh, Dr. Josh Lofton as well. He's a cropping system specialist. Uh, Dr. Jason Warren, our soil and water conservation specialist. Uh, Alex Rocatelli uh, is our specialist for, specialist for forage crops. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Misha Manucherry, uh, weed science, small grains weed science specialist. So we've got a strong team in plant and soil sciences. And then that's complemented by some of our colleagues in the Department of Agricultural Economics. So we have Dr. Dayton Lambert and uh, Dr. Leisha Lambert. Uh, both from the Ag Econ Department, that will be looking at uh, kind of the social side of it and the economic side of it as well. You know, at the end of the day, as you uh, work with all of these, uh, all of these entities, the uh, folks from within our various departments at OSU, from the K-State side of things, from the uh, Fort Reno side of things at the Ag Research uh, Facility there, what is your, your dream, in other words, when you put the application in, what did you want to achieve at the end of that five-year period? Yeah, that's a great question. For my sake, I really want to see us, uh, as Dr. Arnell already mentioned, to move the technology forward for mm-hmm. the benefit uh, of our producers. So um, in my group, we're developing some technologies uh, for new cropland monitoring systems. So these would be uh, stations that a grower can carry out into their field mm-hmm. and set up and, and get uh, wirelessly received data about their soil moisture conditions, their crop progress, and the weather conditions in that particular field. So uh, I see us in five years being a lot closer to delivering that kind of technology mm-hmm. because in this environment, you know, you mentioned the Midwest uh, before, and, and that's a great example. Now, they face challenges there as well, but their soils uh, are in some ways easier to manage, and their uh, weather is not as variable uh, from year to year as what we experience here in the Southern Plains. So the growers here have, have got to make a lot of decisions with a lot of uncertainty. And so uh, through the work in this project, I hope we can uh, give them tools to better manage that kind of uncertainty so they can increase their uh, their productivity, but ultimately their sustainability for the long term. I know that, uh, of course, our, our governor has come up with this uh, top 10 concept yeah. of, uh, of trying to uh, uh, move Oklahoma forward in a lot of different areas. Yes. It looks like this, this project is one of those that, uh, again, kind of elevates uh, the research efforts uh, that that can help uh, Oklahomans live better. Yeah, it, it's absolutely right. And I think if we talk about top ten, I, I don't know, and Dr. Nell could weigh in where we stand right now, but Oklahoma's maybe already in the top ten in terms of sensor-based uh, nitrogen management, which mm-hmm. is key for efficiency in these systems. And certainly, we can Im- improve that through this product, uh, through this project. And so, yeah, I, th- I think it's good to keep some of those top ten kind of goals in mind. Okay. Folks, thank you so much for the opportunity to to visit with you today. I'm Ron Hayes on the Road to Rural Prosperity. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network 
and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies. <laughs>